Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast, coming to you today for a second episode. The first one we had today was about the Phillies and Nationals four-game sweep. The Nationals suffered at the hands of the Phillies, and I talked to Dan Wilson and Addison Hunsker about that, about the state of the National League East. Uh, JT Real Muto's future, so a whole lot there. Doing another episode today for a couple reasons. Number one, I felt horrible about the audio quality of the last one. You guys usually know, for the most part, it is pretty good. We've done close to now 100 episodes, and we have had uh, three or four with the audio quality. Audio quality has not been great. It's hard to know in the moment, especially. Uh, also, too, running Adobe and Zoom at the same time on your computer is nearly impossible. It will shoot the battery. There's no way you can basically do it both at once. So with that in mind, you know, uh, it's basically I have to do one or the other. And so Zoom is the only way I can use to record the interviews. So I apologize for that. But also, too, there's so much happening with the Nationals. They now have a four-game series against the Braves coming up. And I do think it is worth previewing for for a couple reasons. I know the Nationals aren't very good right now. We're not talking about a team that's trying to I mean, they want to make the playoffs, but they're definitely not going to at this point in time. It would be a a miracle if they were to. But there is a lot to look forward to. There's a lot to break down from the Nationals' upcoming series with the Braves. So I know there's a turnaround to get our minds off the Phillies and Nationals series. Let's let's, Let's push our attention forward, and let's see what can we look at with the Nationals' upcoming series this weekend against the Atlanta Braves in the ATL. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, let's take a gander. Let's look. Nationals Braves four game series set to start today in Atlanta. We've got eight. Doubleheader, two seven-inning games coming up. This first one is a makeup from August 19th, a game that was rained out that was in Atlanta between the Nationals and the Braves. Taking a look at these two teams coming into this game in the standings, it is the Braves, the home team, who are in first place at 22-14. and 14. They are currently on a four-game winning streak. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They are 12-4 and four at home at Truist Park. So it's been a difficult place to play for road teams, a place where the Braves have thrived. For the Nationals, they are 12 and 23. They are nine and a half games back of those division-leading Braves. They are seven games out of a wild card spot because of the Phillies uh, now just sweeping them. So they were three games back heading into that Philly series. They are now seven games back. They've lost six straight. They're one and nine in their last ten. On the road this season, the Nationals are an awful six and ten, but not as bad as their six and thirteen. Uh, that is at home. So uh, it's been a difficult stretch, obviously, for the Nationals. They're playing the best team in the division. They have lost six straight games, and you're thinking, well, what is it What is it? can I look for as a fan in these upcoming games if I'm trying to look for something not positive, but what are the aspects of the Nationals game that need to improve just overall for the team? Your first pitching matchup, you don't have to look much further. It is Austin Voth against Tommy Malone. And this is an outing where you're, you're going to want to see more from Austin Voth. He has had four starts, and he's made it through a combined 23 and two-thirds innings. Once again, has not won a game. He is seven, his ERA is 7.99. I'd like to see Austin Voth get off to a fast start and get ahead in counts. Don't get yourself behind because Austin Voth's stuff is not good enough to recover, especially against a team like the Braves, 
if he is behind in many of the counts. Uh, Tommy Malone is the one who's going to counter for the Braves in this game. He has only thrown uh, two, two one, one-thirds innings this season. Uh, it was not a good outing for Tommy Malone as the RA currently sits at 20, 27, but small sample size. So there is your game one. Game two is interesting because the guy that we discussed as a potential replacement for Austin Voth is going to be on the mound for the Nationals. It is Will Crow going up against Josh Tomlin. Will Crow, Will Crow is 0-1. He pitched three and two-thirds innings in that first Major League start he made. His command was not there, but I thought he was competitive. I liked the way that he battled in that game that he pitched, and that was also part of a doubleheader. So Will Crow back in action, second attempt, um, and maybe a much more difficult task this time around going up against the Braves than it was the first time when he went up against the Marlins, but I still think Will Crow has the potential to be uh, a pitcher that the Nationals use in their rotation moving forward, maybe even as soon as next season, depending on what they do in free agency. Obviously, they're going to roll with Austin Voth right now. I think they should do that just because, look, you're 12-23. and 23. There's a reason to look at this guy and see, hey, what do we have in Austin Voth? What can he give us uh, moving forward? Can he be a long reliever? Can he even be a spot starter? Can he be a starter? Uh, Austin Voth has time. He's going to have some starts left this season, mostly out of necessity, to prove what he can do for the Nationals. But Will Crow is a guy that could take his place. Once again, the Nationals minor league pitcher of the year in 2018. The Nats like what he brings to the table. He's a competitive guy. You can tell. Once again, another SEC guy, which we always love that here at Locked On Nationals podcast. We like guys, who's especially pitchers, who are in the SEC. So I'm excited. I'm pumped to see Will Crow in the start tonight. I think they're two important starts for both guys. One, Austin both just trying to get any way, shape, or form, get things back on track for Will Crow, trying to establish himself as a guy that you can go to, that you can put out on the mound to start Major League Baseball games. Countering him tonight, as I said, a gettable veteran in Josh Tomlin. So we'll see what the offense can do. Another start tomorrow uh, to look out for is Eric Fetty, and against he's going up against Max Freed. Eric Fetty, spotty, right? You know, he, his last start, he ends up giving up six runs, but he settles down in the end of that start and actually looks pretty good for the most part. I know he went, you know, six innings, six earned runs, gave up the two home runs, four strikeouts, but that was an, an outing that he ended up settling into. That's why he ended up pitching the six innings just because one out of necessity, once again, they needed him. It's been a weird season, but I thought he settled in towards the back end of that start. So we will see what we get from Eric Fetty, but right now I'm kind of on him as a long reliever. I think that is a spot where we've seen him succeed, a spot starter. I like the idea of Eric Fetty being a guy who can eat innings for you and do it pretty effectively. And sometimes, you know, give you a, a pretty big lift off the bench, keep you in a game. If there's an injury, guy gets scratched. Uh, if your starter's pitch count gets run up there, but you want somebody to come in and keep the game competitive, you know, if it's it's within five runs, trying to get yourself back into the ball game. Eric Fetty is a guy that I think fits that role very nicely and could moving forward. Um, and so we'll, we'll see if he, you know, gives the Nationals some of that on Saturday night. Today's Locked on Nationals podcast is brought to you by Postmates. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9, breakfast burritos at 8, or ibuprofen at 10, Postmates it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, and whatever kind of delivery service you need all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. 
They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery stores, convenience stores, and traditional retailers that you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it. Download the Postmates app and save with code Locked On. Finally, on the mound on Sunday for the Nats, it's going to be Patrick Corbin. And the two things you should look for with Patrick Corbin's start on Sunday are, can he avoid the home run ball? He's given up not a bunch of home runs, but he's given up at least one in each of the last four games that he has pitched. He has given up a home run. So let's look to see if it's especially to that breaking ball. He needs to watch out on those. He has a tendency to hang that breaking ball in the middle of the zone. And if it's coming in there a little bit over 70 miles an hour, a majority of major league hitters are going to do something bad for the Nats with that pitch. Also, too, I want to see what that fastball velocity is. You know, if if he's got to be able to bring that fastball and to really make it such a stark contrast with that breaking ball. I mean, it already is, too. Yeah, you know, the separation is going to be around 20 miles an hour. But he needs to get that fastball up to around 92, 93 and see if he can keep it there. Because it feels like some starts, Corbin's fastball is in the high 80s and he's not able to get that velocity that you're looking for. All in all, Corbin's been grinding for, through a lot of these uh, last starts. You know, the, the runs, he's given up at least uh, two runs in every single one of his last four starts as well, too. Let's see how deep Patrick Corbin can go into this ballgame. Let's see if he can go another six, maybe even get it to seven innings, which he has yet to do this season. If Corbin can go seven innings in a start, that will be really helpful for the Nationals. Save some of that bullpen because they have seen a lot of action as of late. So I'm curious to see what Patrick Corbin is going to be able to do this Sunday against the Braves. Let's talk about the Nationals' offense for a second here before we wrap things up. So the last four games against the Phillies, they score 11 runs combined. The only issue is they were shut out in the middle games, the sandwich games of the series. In the the first and last game of the series, they scored six runs and they scored five runs. And this is something that we've talked about a bunch too, is that they have not been able to marry the pitching with the hitting. So, you know, Max Scherzer... In that start on Wednesday night, you know they only allow three runs. The Nationals need to be competitive in games like that. They were not competitive in a ball game where the opposing team only scored three runs. Against Aaron Nola, it felt like the Nationals were never in it. They felt like they, they were shut down and just didn't have a chance. The issue with the Nationals, and then once again, that first game, they were playing from behind the entire time. The last game of the series was an encouraging offensive one. I liked the way the Nationals battled back. Uh, you know, two in the first for Philadelphia. The Nationals got two in the third, but gave the lead right back again. Got two in the fifth, took a lead in the in the seventh, uh, and that was the first lead they had since they played the Red Sox last Friday. I mean, it had been basically an entire, it had been, you know, uh, six days removed since the Nationals had led a baseball game. They'd played baseball games every single day since then. 
uh, on the six-game losing streak. The Nationals finally get a lead. They give it back. And then I was curious why they put Sean Doolittle in a high-leverage spot. I think they didn't have kind of enough bullpen arms to, to get themselves through that game and through that series. And, you know, they put Doolittle in a high-leverage spot. And to everybody who says they don't like the, the rule of the runner on second, the Nationals have to score that run. Like, there is no excuse for the Nationals to score that, you know, not to score that run. Difficult game yesterday. Trey Turner does get three hits, but they're not able to move the runner over. They're able to walk Juan Soto. And, you know, Estrubo Cabrera was awful yesterday. Three strikeouts. Uh, we talked about it on yesterday's pod, too. 0 for 5, 0 for 4, excuse me, with runners in scoring position. Brock Holt yet to get a hit as the Nationals struck out. Uh, Trey Turner was 1 for 3, and uh, obviously Juan Soto, one of the two hits as well with runners in scoring position. The Nationals' situational hitting yesterday was better, but they ended up being 2 for 11. And there were a lot of spots where they could have put up a bigger spot number in certain spots and did not do it. They did not do it in those scenarios. And guys like Estrubo Cabrera, I mean, if this team's going to win baseball games, it's got to be players like him that are driving in the runs. You look at the, the veterans in this lineup, and these guys aren't hitting well. Adam Eaton, 220. Michael A. Taylor, who at this point in time, you know, it feels like he's not a veteran, but he is, has a home run, but he's hitting 196 this season. Estrubo Cabrera, 224 this season. Kurt Suzuki, a pretty solid 268, and I'll give him Jan Gomes credit, too. He's been pretty good. But Eric Thames, 195. The veterans who aren't pulling their weight, it's Estrubo Cabrera, Eric Thames, and Adam Eden. And those guys are typically, and, and uh, Thames to a lesser extent, you know, he's there to provide some pop, some power, has not done much of that this year. But Cabrera and Adam Eden are going to be partial, you know, or excuse me, crucial parts of the top five of this order. Those guys have to do better. Adam Eaton obviously exits the game yesterday with, a, with an injury, and we'll see the severity of that knee injury. We'll see if he comes back in this series at all. He's a tough guy, so if he's hurt, um, you know, you'll, you'll know he's hurt. But I, I, I suspect he's going to try to play if possible. I'm wondering how cautious they're going to be, especially because they're 12 and 23. So we'll see what happens with Adam Eaton. But for Thames and, and for Cabrera, those are two guys who have to get it going. If the Nationals want to win any games at all, really. I mean, Luis Garcia, uh, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, you know, Howie Kendrick, it seems like they can't, all those guys aren't going to be, you know, they're not all going to click on the same night. Turner and Soto usually are. But they're, they're going to need some help. It's got to be a collective effort. Like, we see this all the time. Two or three guys, I know it's pretty basic, two or three guys cannot make your lineup. Two or three guys, especially with the Nationals, with how bad their pitching has been, two or three guys just can't show up at the plate for the Nats and expect to win ball games. It is not going to work for them. This is not a team that's going to have you know two or three guys having monster nights and winning games. They need the entire lineup to come together and provide collective offense for the duration of a game. Um, and last night, you know, it felt like they were really close, but you kind of shook your head because like, well, the Phillies, you know, when they take a five-four lead, the Phillies had three more cracks at the Nats, and they had a chance to go ahead that eighth inning, and credit to the Nats for not allowing that to happen, but the Phillies' situational hitting, they ended up getting it done uh, in that situation. They were not great with runners in scoring position last night either, but the Phillies ended up getting it done, and once again, like it just comes down to some of that timely hitting in the Nationals. They don't have it right now um, across the board. They, they just lack that ac- across the team. Keep your eye on Luis Garcia. It seems that he is getting some mentorship from Juan Soto, it's something that we knew would happen, we hoped would happen, and uh, you saw it in the dugout between innings yesterday. Luis Garcia, after a difficult night defensively two nights ago, 
has an awesome night. Yesterday makes two spectacular plays, basically from his butt. So I like the way Luis Garcia has come along. At 20, we did not expect him to be like this. I mean, it felt like, you know, Keeboom was the number one prospect listed because of all the Nationals had invested in him and, and the fact that, um, you know, that he was up in the major leagues and was about to be the third baseman. Luis Garcia is, uh, you know, he's, it feels like uh, if you had a do-over, he would be number one. And he has just been spectacular to watch. At 20, the expectations were low, but this kid has a lot of confidence, love the way he moves, love the way he bounced back and recovered yesterday. That, that's a professional way. We talk about how the professional the Nats are normally. That was a professional, grown man, bounce back performance yesterday from Luis Garcia. Three for four, too, at the plate. So Luis Garcia, uh, that is how professionals bounce back. That is something that's important to watch. And let's see if he can use some of that confidence and carry it in to this season, excuse me, to the series moving forward and then the rest of the season. Make sure you guys go check us out at Locked On Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors on Twitter. Check out the Locked On MLB and the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. All of these things are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we get out of here, I want to let you guys know that today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Indeed.com. Even though sports took a break, your business didn't. You had to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for everybody, over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed.com is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it faster. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th.